hey guys, we are uh, launching a brand new series today uh, called Better, and uh, for the next four or five Sundays, we get to watch that guy get hit by a car over and over. So it's going to be a great couple of weeks in our church. Hey, if today is your first time here at Summit, my name is Mark, and I'm the lead pastor, and we are fired up to have you here today. Uh, If today is your very first time, listen, when you walked in today, you got what we call a connection card, and we would love to meet you really quick after church today, right out there in the lobby. To your right is a table uh, that we call our welcome table. It's got a big uh, display stand behind it. It says, welcome. And if you are a uh, first-time guest, we got a a great free gift for you. All you need to do is take the connection card we gave you when you walked in. Check the box. says, I'm a first-time guest. Take it out there to that table. And we'll just exchange the gift for the card. The free gift today is milk and bread because it's snowing. Holy cow, have you got milk and bread? Like, there's no milk and bread in this side of the state. So if you don't have it, um, you are, it's, it's over for you. I don't know what's going to happen for you, but it's not going to go well, all right? It's snowing, it's winter. You guys came today. That's amazing that you showed up right here today, big snow outside. So we're going to have a good time uh, today as we open up God's Word. But man, I want to pray for us uh, this morning. I want to pray for us uh, that God would just do something in the room. And man, I say this every once in a while from time to time, but I really want to say this this morning. You know what? You, you will get out of this today uh, exactly what your heart expects you will get out of this today. Will anybody amen that? that I mean, I don't know if you knew this or not, but like if, you, like if you're not feeling it, did you know that your feelings don't have to dictate your life? What? Mind blown. Did you know that? Did you know that you can direct your heart and say, God, listen, I might not be feeling it. I might be tired. UK lost. But God, did you see the Bengals last night? I don't know what. You know, sorry, sorry. I don't know where you're at, but did you know that you can say, God, my heart's not in it. Would you get my heart in it? You can tune your heart to hear from God. Did you know that? You can really do that. So I'm going to pray, and maybe that's what you need to pray today. Because listen, I believe that when we open up this book, we're going to talk about it actually in this series. I believe when we open up this book, God speaks because God wrote this book. Okay? So we didn't come together today Uh, to hear what I think or to hear a band play or to find something wise in a book. We believe that God said something, and because God spoke, everything changes. All right? So, uh, so man, let's, let's do that. Let's pray, and let's direct our hearts to what God would want to do. All right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for today. And, God, I just thank you that you are right here totally engaged with this service so far. You're totally engaged with our hearts. God, you God, you see every heart, you've seen every thought, everything that we're thinking, God, it's it's all before you right now. And so Father, I, I pray that right now we would just kind of slow down, breathe in, and ask that you would direct our hearts to you. God, that you would just kind of tune our heart into the frequency of the Holy Spirit. And that we would 100% receive whatever you've got for us today. We would not miss a thing. That's what we want. We want to see Jesus. And so, God, wherever we're all at, direct our hearts, tune our hearts to hear your voice today. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, 
Amen. Hey, we're starting a brand new series today called Better. How many of you want 2016 to be better than 2015? Raise your hand. Just want to be better? Almost every single hand goes up in the room. And listen, I believe that. I believe that every person in the room wants this year to be better. I don't think there's anybody in the room right now that's really hoping this year stinks. Are you here? Right? Like, I just hope this year is awful. I hope that we get to the end of 2016 and I just hate life. Are you here today? Is that... You, nobody, you're not here. Like, everybody wants 2016 to be better, right, than 2015. And I don't know, man, I don't know how you're going to pull that off. Maybe this is the year you're, you're going to get in shape this year, right? You're going to really maybe uh, finally ask that person out that you've sort of been Facebook stalking since tw- uh, for a couple of years. You're going to, you know, get your finances in order. I don't know what you're going to do to make this year better, but I really believe that if we want this year, and not just this year, but our entire, entire life, if we want our lives to be better, then all we need to do, all we need to do is find out what God's plan is for our lives and just do that. I genuinely believe that. Now, it doesn't mean everything's going to be rosy all the time. Everything's going to be fun and easy all the time. But I genuinely believe that if you and I can find out what God's plan is for our lives, plan is for us, then this year, and listen, bigger than this year, our whole lives, it will be better if we figure out God's will and do that. Now, maybe you're here today for the very first time. Maybe church was kind of a New Year's resolution for you and your family, and you're hearing this, and you're thinking, wow, I've never heard that idea that God's got a plan for me. I didn't know that. Well, listen, hey, if that's you and you didn't know that, you need to know that God really does have a plan for you. And listen, God's plan for you is better than your plans for you. God's got a good plan for you. God's plan for you is better than yours. So God has a plan for you, for your family. Uh, in fact, God says in the book, there's a book in the Bible called Jeremiah where God says that his plans for you are, are to prosper you, not to harm you, but to give you a hope. And anybody know the next word? A future, right? So God's got a plan for you in case you didn't know that. Now, now if you got church background, I'm not blowing your mind right now, right? Like, like you know this, you've heard, oh yeah, I know that God's got a plan for me. God has a will for my life, and maybe that's where you're frustrated. Has anybody ever been frustrated because God seems to know his plan for your life? He just doesn't seem to want to tell you. Has anybody ever been frustrated by that? I know God has a plan, but he ain't telling me. Like, everybody is nervous in the room. Here's what you just did. Everybody in the room just did that. It's all right. Listen, listen. Hey, I've honestly seen people quit church because they couldn't figure out God's will. I've seen people just walk away from everything. I went to Bible college. I say Bible college seminary, and I remember people literally in Bible college, not in seminary and, and that sort of thing, but I remember in college there were people that dropped out of college because they were on a quest to know God's will. God never told them, so they said forget it and just walked away. And so what we're going to do in this series is we are going to talk about how can you discover God's plan for your life. Because I can stand up here and yell at you till I'm blue in the face. God's got a plan for you. God's got a plan for you. And you're thinking, that's great. What is it? So we're going to, in this series, we're going to talk about how can we know God's plan, God's will for our lives. Now, when we usually talk about God's will for our life, usually what are some of the things that we want to try to figure out from God? Well, what are some of the things that we want God to tell us when it comes to his plan for our lives? Well, it could be different based on the the season, the stage of life that you're in. Some of you, you want to know where you should go to college. Others of you, you want to know, should you marry that person? 
Maybe you've got an opportunity for a promotion or, or maybe you've lost your job and you've got all kinds of good options. Should I relocate my family there? I mean, I mean there's all kinds of decisions that you want to make and you're thinking, man, is this God's plan for me? How can I know these things? And here's what make it, makes it really frustrating. Have you ever noticed that all of the things that we want to know, God doesn't seem to say anything about it, does he? I mean, did you know there's not an appendix to the Bible that tells you the woman you're supposed to marry, guys? Right? Did you know that there's not a place in the Bible where you can go and figure out which college you should go to? Did you know there's nowhere in the Bible where it will tell you the decision that you need to make about that situation you've been praying for for months? There's probably nowhere in the Bible that can tell you, all right, this is the thing you need to do next. So much of the things that we want to know from God... He didn't say anything about. And I think I know why. I think I know why so many of the things that we want to know from God, God won't tell us, or he doesn't say anything about in his word. And I really think that I'm, con- I'm convinced, actually, that I know why God doesn't say anything about those things. So if you're taking notes on our app, this is on our app. If you're writing notes, you should write this down. I'm convinced this is why God doesn't say anything about that. It's going to be up on the screen here in just a minute. Here's why. It's because we are focused on what we do. God is focused on who we become. Do you see that? We are focused on what we do. Should I take this job? Should I ask him or her out? Should I go there? Should I do this? God is focused on who are you going to become once you make that decision. So you've got two options, and they're perfectly good options. One's not sinful. They both look fine. God is concerned. What kind of person are you going to become on the other side of that decision? Here, here's the whole point for the morning that I wanted us to get today. So if you want to tweet this out, if you want to write this down, if you're looking for a new tattoo and just something to get tatted on you this week, here's something for you. Here's the idea I want to give you this morning. It's simply this. Who we become is greater than what we do. Let me say that again. Who we become is greater than what we do. Now, I told you a couple of weeks ago, and I said it online this week, today I'm going to tell you what God's will is for your life. And I'm really going to do that. I'm about to tell you what God's will is for your life. Everybody say, thanks, Mark. It's no problem, guys. I just serve people. I just love you. It's what I do. I'm literally about to tell you God's will for your life. But here's, here's the deal. Here's the catch. I'm not, I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to make it up. I'm going to show it to you in the Bible. Did you know it's been there the whole time? God didn't put it there last night, right? God didn't put it there last year. Did you know it's been in here the whole time? Listen, when I stand up here and say, y'all ought to read this book, I mean, y'all ought to read this book. We'll talk more about that next week. If you've got a Bible on your phone, go ahead and open it up to 1 Thessalonians, okay? 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 3. Don't put it up there yet. Oh, there it is. It's too late. There it is. Big reveal. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 3. Here it is. Here it is. And this is it. This is it. Are you ready? Drum roll, please. Here we go. This is the will of God. You win the Powerball. Y'all wish that's what it said, right? Right? Y'all wish that's what it said. People were asking me, Mark, if I win the Powerball, Mark, can I tie that? Can I give? If I win the Powerball, Mark, can I give? And here's my response. Listen, don't tell me where you get the money. Just give. If you don't tell me where the money comes from, I ain't got to answer your questions. I don't care. Where, 
You know what I'm saying? Like you make it complicated when you tell me where the money comes from. I don't need to know. Right? I just, I told somebody that last night. You don't tell me. I ain't got to know where it came from. I don't know. This is the will of God, your, watch, watch, sanctification. This is the will of God for your life, your sanctification. So there it is. There it is in black and white on a page. What's God's will for my life? What is it? Your, what is it? Your sanctification. What's God's plan for my life? Here it is on a page. Your sanctification. What does God want to do with my life? God wants to sanctify you. The will of God for me, for you, for every teenager, for every son, daughter, boy, girl, man, woman, grandparent, doesn't matter who you, for the, the will of God for every person in the room, every person that's listening to the podcast, every person that's watching this on YouTube, the will of God for you is your sanctification. So what is that? Well, here it is. Sanctification simply means this. Sanctification is God making you like Jesus, okay? Sanctification simply means God making you, transforming you and me from the inside out, God making us like Jesus. Now, when I say God making us like Jesus, that doesn't mean that God makes us into little bitty gods, okay? All right, some, some false religions, cults teach that when we get to heaven or whatever's next, all of a sudden we become on the same level of deity that God's on. God's going to make us into little gods. That's not what I'm talking about at all. The Bible never says that. So what does it mean when we say that God's will is to make you like Jesus? Here, it, 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 simply, it simply means this. See, Jesus perfectly loved God. God wants to transform you and I so that more and more we love God the way that Jesus loved God. Do you get that? Jesus totally trusted God. God wants to transform us so that more and more we trust God the way that Jesus trusted God. Jesus perfectly loved people. God wants to change us, sanctify us, so that we love people the way that Jesus Loves people. The will of God for me, for you, for your life is your sanctification. And see, when you think about sanctification, you can think two things. I want want you to think two things when you think about your sanctification. When you think sanctification, you need to think you need to think position and process. You need to think position and process. Look at this verse here. I think it's on the screen here. First Corinthians. Oh, it's not on there. Look at your Bibles. First Corinthians chapter six. Verse 11. You can go ahead and take that verse off the screen there. If you've got a Bible, I, w- I want you to look at this. Turn to 1 Corinthians chapter, chapter 6, verse 11. 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 11. It says this, And such were some of you. You were washed. Here it is. Watch this. You were sanctified. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. Do you see there? It says you were sanctified. First thing you need to think of when you think sanctification, you need to think position. And here's what we mean. See, the moment that you give your life to Jesus, in that moment, in the millisecond that you give your life to Jesus, God instantly forgives you for every sin you have ever committed, will ever commit in your entire life. That is good news, amen? Did you know that? I mean, that's good news, y'all. That's good news. Some of you all did not slap your neighbor and say that was good news. I am preaching better than some of you are responding. Come on. Goodness, right? 
See, God instantly forgives you. So you can have all 2015 forgiven in an instant because of the blood of Jesus Christ for you. So when you come to God, the instant you come to God for salvation, God instantly forgives you for all of your sins. Listen, that's great news. But did you know that also when you give your life to Jesus, God instantly declares over your life a verdict of not guilty. Not guilty. You might feel guilty, but God's already said you're not guilty. That's good news. Somebody, you should get fired up about that too. Now... I'm trying to wake you up. Some of you are like, snow, where's the milk and bread? Um, We're going to be okay, people. We're going to make it. Um, So God instantly declares you not guilty. You're forgiven. See, your position before God, this is good news. You need to remember this. I never want you to forget what I'm about to say. The devil is going to work his tail off in 2016 to get you to forget what I'm about to say. But listen to me right now. If you're a child of God, if you're a Christian, when God looks at you, God does not see your sin. God does not see your struggle. If you are a child of God, when God looks at you, he sees that you are in Christ. He sees that what Jesus did, he did it for you. And so when God looks at you, Christian, right now, God sees that you are absolutely, fully, finally, 100% sanctified. Here's what that means. From God's vantage point, you are right now a finished product. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? From from God's vantage point, you are right now, when God looks at you, because God looks at you and he sees that you are in Christ, what Jesus did for you, God looks at you and he sees that you are, did you notice in 1 Corinthians 16, it says you are what? Sanctified, past tense. Past tense. Sanctification, perfectly into the image of Jesus. When God looks at you, Christian teenagers, when God looks at you, men, women, children of God, when God looks at you, if you are a Christian, when God looks at you, he sees you are a finished product. That's your position before God. By the way, by the way, by the way, that is exactly why you can never lose your salvation. That's exactly why once you, once you receive the amazing grace of God, the amazing grace of God can never be taken away from you. Why? Because your position and acceptance before God is not in you or anything you've ever done. It is in everything that Jesus did for you. And listen, listen, listen. Wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa. Wait, wait. Let me say this and then you can clap. Your position before God is just as secure as Jesus' position at the right hand of the Father. For God to abandon you, he would have to abandon his son. And he will never do that to his son or you because you are in Christ. Amen? Now you can clap. That's good. That's good. That's good. See, that's why the gospel's good news. That's why the gospel's good news. We're not here today to try to morally improve ourselves. Are we? Are we? Are we? No. No. Some of you are like, I am. Well, bro, you need Jesus. Church attendance doesn't save anybody, amen? Being good doesn't save anybody, amen? Jesus saves people, period, all day, every day. So so sanctification, your position, positionally by God, when God sees you, you are a finished product, perfectly accepted because you are in Christ. But, and, and listen, it's on some of your faces. Some of you are listening to this and you're thinking, well, listen, bro, I don't feel like a finished product. I feel like a hot mess. I feel like a spiritual failure, I feel like when God looks at me, he regrets saving me. I feel like I am barely hanging on spiritually. That's why when you think about sanctification, you need to also remember it is a process. 
See, what God sees when he looks at us, that position, we're perfectly a finished product. What God sees, though, that becoming a reality in my life and in your life, that is a process, isn't it? I mean, you don't get saved and all of a sudden start perfectly trusting God. How many people got saved and you still worried about the same stuff you did the day before? Amen, my hand's up, right? How many people got saved and you were still just as easily ticked off as you were the day before, still wish your car had a machine gun on it? Amen, my hand's up. My hand's up. My van might be getting a bazooka installed right now. I don't know. I don't know. You pray for me, right? It's a process. See, every Christian is in process. Every Christian is on the journey. Every Christian is under construction. Listen, if you ever meet a Christian that says they don't struggle with anything, they've arrived, you slap them upside their head and call them a liar. Did you know that 1 John chapter 1, verse 8 says that if anyone says they are without sin, they are outside of Jesus Christ? Because one of the first things you realize when you receive Jesus is you realize, man, I am so far, but he loves me anyway. Do you see that? Do you see that? See, it's a position, and it's a process. See, this is good news. See, because sanctification is a position, then there is no one in past, present, or future that is more saved and more forgiven by God than you are right now. Did you know that? I'm not more saved than you are. Nobody here today is more saved than you are. Nobody here today is more forgiven than you are. Our position before God is equal and secure because our position is in Jesus. Our position is not how we might feel in a moment. Our position acceptance before God is not in our circumstances. Our position before God is in Jesus and Jesus alone. But because sanctification is also a process, haven't you met people sometimes that seem to be further along than you are? Man, I have. Man, I have. I've met people before that just seem to be on another level spiritually, right? See, we're all equally accepted and saved before God, but because sanctification is a process, some people can be further along in the process than I might be in that moment. And that's exactly why God says, seek me. That's exactly why God says, listen, you don't need to just be, be okay and settle with where you are right now with me. You need to seek me. You need to pursue me. You need to get hungry for me. That's exactly why 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 8 says this. I love this verse. For while bodily training is of some value, godliness is of value in every way, as it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. You know, the number one goal every single year, New Year's resolution, is what? Get in shape. You're going to begin to eat better. This is the year you finally work out. That's why the gyms are packed the first week of January, and it's a ghost town three weeks later, right? How many of you, this is, how many of you you'd love to be in shape by the end of this year, just better shape than you are right now? All kinds of hands are going up. All kinds of hands are going up. Some of you didn't raise your hand, and I'm just going to assume your goal is worse shape. I don't know. I don't know. What are you going to do if you're going to get in shape this year? Are you going to pray? Dear Lord Jesus, can you just give me six-pack abs? Amen. (laughs) Or you go to the gym once, right? I love when you, I love, I love, this is what happens all the time. Somebody goes to the gym or they work out for the very first time. They haven't worked out in decades. What's the first thing they do when they're done? They go look in the mirror. You haven't worked out in decades. They go to the mirror and they're starting to flex, right? They're looking. What's up? It's not working. You've been living off Twinkies for 25 years, right? You are not accidentally going to get in shape this year. You're not. You're not going to just stumble. Whoa, I'm in shape. 
You're going to have to go to the gym. You are going to have to work. You might have to change the way that you eat. You're going to have to put some sweat into getting in shape physically. Amen? True? Am I, you think I'm smoking anything, right? Some of you aren't convinced. If that's true, getting in shape physically, that is more so true, getting in shape spiritually. You are not going to accidentally become more like Jesus in 2016. In fact, I want to challenge our church this way. I want to challenge our church with this right here. Listen to me right here. If you haven't heard anything I've said, listen to this, please. You can have as much of Jesus as you want in 2016. You can. You can have as much of Jesus as you want in 2016. Jesus is not holding back from you. You can have as much of Jesus this year as you want. God is 100% committed to making you and I more like Jesus. The question is, are you that committed? Because you're not going to accidentally become more like Jesus. D.A. Carson, New Testament scholar, he says this quote here. It's on your app if you take notes on the app. Look at this long quote. This is so good. People do not drift towards holiness. Apart from grace-driven effort, people do not gravitate toward godliness, prayer, obedience to Scripture, faith, and delight in the Lord. We drift toward compromise. Watch. Would you just let these words sink in, sink in? We drift towards compromise and call it tolerance. We drift towards disobedience and call it freedom. We drift towards superstition and call it faith. We cherish the indiscipline of lost self-control and call it relaxation. We slouch towards prayerlessness and delude ourselves into thinking we've escaped legalism. We slide toward godlessness and convince ourselves we have been liberated. You say, wow, that's a lot. What's that mean? It means this. Your heart will automatically drift away from God in 2016. But if you want it to flow towards God, you have to intentionally swim upstream. You've got to do this. You, you've got, listen, God is 100% committed to making you like Jesus. The question is, are you committed? Oh, are you committed to, to that sanctification, that growing process this year? That's why some of us, we need to say, you know what? This is the year I'm going to forgive that person. I'm not going to let the anger over what they did or that person have that position in my life. I'm going to forgive them so that my heart can go in the direction God wants it to go. That's why some of us, we need to say this year, you know what? This is the year I'm going to start, I'm going to stop rather just being a consumer at church. I'm going to be a contributor at church. Next week, right after church, is our partnership event. Some of you, ah, that's not even true. A lot of you need to come. A lot of you need to go to that. Just so that you can say, you know what? I'm going to take a step this year. I'm going to grow this year. I'm going to make a move towards God. Did you know that when you got saved, God gave you spiritual gifts that he wants you to use? Are you using them? Say, this is the year I'm going to trust God with my finances. Are you giving? I'm not trying to make anybody feel bad or condemn, but here's, here's what I'm trying to tell you. You will not accidentally become like Jesus this year, but you can with some intentionality. This is going to be a theme that I come back to over and over this year, and I'll say it this way. You are responsible for your spiritual growth. You are. I'm not. I'm not. See, what I can do, I can set the table for you. I can give you opportunities, but I can't make you eat. I can't make you take advantage of it. My kids, just this past week, I'm sitting there in the kitchen. It's about 7, 38 o'clock at night. And my kids all of a sudden, Dad, you didn't fix me dinner today. I'm starving. 
And I said, well, you didn't ask. You probably will start if you don't say something. I looked at him. I said, I said, I said you've got to take some initiative here. I'm just trying to make sure I don't starve to death. I can't think of y'all. <laughs> That's why we don't get a lot of parenting sermons in this church. I'm just trying. I don't know if I'm screwing mine up, man. I don't know. Right? You've got to take some responsibility for your spiritual growth. See, see, if you are saved by grace, grace does not cause you to sit down. Grace motivates you. Did you know that? Grace doesn't make me lazy. Grace motivates me to want to know God, to want to be godly. Grace motivates me to want to love my neighbors. Grace motivates me to be like Jesus. Is that happening for you? Because I can tell you this beyond a shadow of a doubt. God's will for you is your sanctification. That's God's will for you in 2016. That's not even God's will for you in 2016. That is God's will for your life. I know you've got a lot of decisions, and you're sitting there, and you're looking. But Mark, listen, I've got a decision i got to make. I came to this series because I wanted to hear about this thing that i got to choose. All right, well, listen, you come back next week because I promise I'm going to get there. But what you need to know today, right out of the gate, is who you become is greater than what you do. Who you become this year is greater than anything you will do. Who I become this year is greater than anything I do. Do you believe that? Do you believe that who you become is greater than what you do? So let me ask you a question. Who are you becoming? Are you becoming more like Jesus? Are you becoming more like your friends? Becoming more like the world? More like maybe something you're watching on television? Who are you becoming? Say, man, I don't know if I like who I'm becoming. You know what? It's a new day. It's a new day, and it can change today. The, the direction of your life, the flow of the river of your heart can change today just by you simply saying, you know what? I will be more like Jesus. Some of you, you know what that means? That means you need to be baptized. It might mean you need to serve. It might mean you need, to, you need to begin to trust God with your finances. Next week, we're gonna talk a lot about the Bible. It might mean you make the decision, you know what, this year, this year, I'm gonna get into the Bible. I'm gonna begin to read it on a regular basis. But you are responsible for your spiritual growth. Some of you are sitting there and you're saying this, you know what, I'm not even saved. I'm not even saved. Mark, what do I do? I'm not a Christian. Well, here's what you need to know. You need to know that God wants to start this process in your life. Today, today, God can start this process in your life. If you come to Jesus today, you can know beyond the shadow of a doubt that your position in heaven is secure. Okay? If you come to Jesus today and confess your need for him, confess that you've sinned and say, Jesus, I want you to save me, then you can know that your position in heaven is secure, and today he'll begin that process of changing you from the inside out, making you more like Jesus, but you have to come to him. Who are you becoming? Let's pray. God, right now, we just ask that that your spirit would move through this room. And God, that's an awesome, that's just an awesome thought that this year we've got the opportunity to become more like Jesus. That this year, that's your plan for our lives. That's what you want more than anything else. 
And God, there's a lot of things on the table for a lot of people that they, that they want to know about for this year. They want to know about that decision. They want to know about that relationship. They want to know about what's next. But help us to not get so consumed with what's next, we never think about who am I going to become after the next. Jesus, right now, right now in this room, right now, would you get our attention? Would you help us to focus in and just really help us to answer that question for ourselves? Who am I becoming? What's my attitude? Say I'm becoming. What's what I think about? Say I'm becoming. How, how's the way that I live point to who I'm becoming. And with every head bowed, with every eye closed, I just believe God's at work in this room right now. You know, as we start this series called Better, I want you to know that God's will for your life is to make you like Jesus. That's God's plan. Some of you right now, you're going through the hardest time of your life. And I just want to say to you, don't let go because God can use trials to conform you to the image of his son. Maybe you're looking at your life and you don't like, really like the direction that it's going in. Maybe you're looking at your life and you're thinking, you know what, man, God is at work in my life. I am not who I used to be, but you know what? I just want to recommit to growing this year in my relationship with God. I'm going to ask everybody in this room to do something a little bold this morning. A little bold. Maybe a lot. I don't know. It depends on who you are. But I'm going to ask you to take a step this morning. And if you are here, if you are here in this room and genuinely the prayer of your heart this morning is you would say, God, I am in. God, I want to become like Jesus. This year, I want you to change me. God, this year, I want to commit myself to seeking you, to growing. God, I do not want my heart to drift away from you. I don't want my heart to get settled and satisfied and become cold and mediocre towards you. Jesus, I want to pursue you this year so that I will be more like you. If that is your genuine prayer, I want you just to stand up right now where you're at. Just stand up right now. Just stand up. If that's your prayer, if that's your, Jesus, this year, do that sanctifying work in me. Stand up if that's really your prayer. If it's really, really, really your prayer, stand up. Do you look at all these people standing up? Do you look at all these people standing up? Say, God, that's my prayer. That's what I want. God, I want to be more like Christ. We just begin to pray right now. I want us to pray together as a church. I wanted you to stand so that this moment would just be crystallized in your mind that you stood up to say before this crowd and before God, look around, look around right now. If you're not looking around, I want you to look. I want you to look. This is the commitment that we're making today. God, I want to be more like Christ than I was last year. We're going to pray, and in this prayer, I want you to say that to God. Whatever that looks like in your heart right now, I want you to say that to God. That desire that caused you to stand up, I want you to express that to God and make that commitment to God. Really make it. Really make it. God, this year I want to be more like Christ. 
Let's pray. Father, that is our prayer. That is our commitment today, that we want to be more like Jesus Christ. God, that's your will. Your will for 2016 isn't that we get accepted into the right programs only or we make only good decisions or we, we, we are, our marriages get better and our home life is great and we're not like Jesus more. God, you, you care about those things. We're going to talk about those things in this series. But God, first and foremost, over the, God, you want, to, you want to make us like Christ. You want to change us. You want to transform us from the inside out. So God, God, we just want to commit to that today. We just want to commit as a body, as individuals, as families who have stood up. God, I pray that that's our genuine commitment. God, make us like Christ. Change us. Don't let us hold on to sin. It's holding us back. God, do whatever it takes this year. God, help us to seek you in your word. Help us to trust you in every area of our lives. And God, when we get to January 2017, by your grace, let us look back at this year and say, we are not perfect, but we are more like Jesus than we were on that day when we stood up a year ago. God, you can do that. And that's our prayer. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Would you be seated? Just be seated very quickly. Keep those lights down. Keep those lights down. Now, here's what I know. Here's what I know. Here's what I know. Virtually every person in the room stood up. And some of you are here, and you, you are not a Christian. Thinking, man, I, I want to be more like Jesus. I, I really hope that I'm better than I was last year. But, Mark, if I'm honest, I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Hey, listen, if that's you, there's nothing wrong with that. Listen, if that's you, you're in the best place you could ever be. Amen, church? Amen? There's nothing wrong with that. Man, you're in the best place you could ever be, I promise. And if you are here today, and you don't know. You don't know if you're saved. Hey, you know what? God wants you to know. I don't know if I'm going to heaven. Hey, God wants you to know. In fact, you can know. You can know that you know. So today, if you want to begin a relationship with Jesus Christ, I'm going to lead us in a prayer, and I invite you to pray this prayer with me, okay? These are not magic words, and this is not something for you to leave saying, you know what, I'm saved because I prayed that prayer with that dude on stage at Summit. No, if you're sitting there and you're thinking, you know what, I genuinely want Jesus to save me. I want to live for him. Then I want to help you express what God is doing in your heart right now. So if you want Jesus to forgive you for your sins, come into your life, save you and begin to change you, then you can pray this prayer with me right now and watch what God will do in your life. Let's all bow our heads and pray. If you want to be saved today, you can just pray this prayer with me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, forgive me for my sin. Come into my life and save me today. I give my life to you right now. Help me to live for you from this moment forward. Jesus, thank you for loving me and for dying and coming back to life for me. You are my Lord. I love you. No one is looking around every head. It's 
down, eyes are closed, nobody's looking, but hey, listen, if you just prayed that prayer, all I want to do today is just acknowledge that you made that decision, and we as a church want to celebrate with you. So all I want to do is I'm going to count to three, and if you prayed to be saved today, as soon as I say three, I want you to raise your hand high in the air just so that I can see it and just celebrate it with you, okay? So if you made that decision today, as soon as I say three, don't even hesitate. Shoot your hand high into the air. Here we go. One, two, three. Just raise your hand right now if today you made that decision to be saved. There's two hands right there. Anybody else? Three, four, five. Anybody else? You just made that decision today to be saved. You want Jesus to come into your life? Make all things new. So that's the decision I'm making. Anybody else? You made that decision today. Anybody else? Raise your hand. Raise your hand high. Go ahead and put your hands down for just a moment. If you, if you raised your hand, I want you to look at me. Will you look at me for a second? Just look at me. Just look at me. Listen, you just made the biggest and best decision of your life. I promise you did. I promise you just made the best decision you could ever make. And when you walked in today, we gave you a connection card. On the back of that connection card, there's a box that says, I gave my life to Christ. I want you to check that box. And here in just a second, you, here in just a second, the offering, we're, we're going to receive our offering. You can put that card in the offering plate. But I'll tell you what I'd love for you to do with it. I'd love for you to take that card if today you got saved. Take that card to the welcome table out there in the lobby, that table to your right. And I want to give you a free book, uh, a free Bible rather, and a book called Seek First that we put together just for you today. But here's the deal. If you just got saved, do not leave today until you let somebody know what you did, all right? Don't leave. Come up and tell me. Put it on the back of your card. I'd love to meet you at the welcome table, but don't leave until you let God, until you let somebody know, rather, what you did today. Summit, we just saw at least five people raise their hand to indicate today's the day they crossed the line and gave their life to Jesus. Get fired up. Get fired up. Praise God. Praise God. That's awesome. Now, our, our ushers are going to come right now. Go ahead, guys, and you can get in place. And, and listen, everybody else right now, why don't you just take your connection card and put any prayer requests that you have, any decisions that you're making today or what God did in your life, put it on the back of that card. You can drop them in the basket as you go around, as they go around. Um, but here's what I want to say to us as we're getting ready to receive our offering. A lot of you have already given online. You've given through our app maybe. And we just want to thank you so much for how you've given. But listen, we just saw several people indicate that they gave their life to Jesus today. And, and, and listen, I want you to know that as we move into 2016, our prayer more than ever is that God would build his kingdom, Jesus would build his kingdom in our lives as a church and through our works as a church. We, we want the name of Jesus to spread and to, be, and, to, and, to, and to be lifted up more than any other name in this church. Amen? Amen. That's what we want. We don't want Mark's name or Summit's name. Or any, we want G, people need to know Jesus. Amen. People need to know Jesus. And so that's what we're committed to. And that's what you are giving to when you give. We are committed to that cause, that mission, to seeing this community, this state and, and nation and world know Jesus. And so I'm going to pray as we give today. Uh, our band is going to lead us in a song that I think a lot of us know, and then I'm going to come up and dismiss us. Let's all stand really quick. Let's all stand. And you can also drop those cards in the offering basket. In the, make sure, hey, listen, if you gave your life to Jesus, make sure, check that box, all right? 
Let's pray. Father, I thank you for everybody that's gonna give right now. Thank you for everybody that's already given online through the app. And Jesus, would you this year make yourself known in our lives more than ever before? Would you this year make yourself known through our lives more than ever before? This community and this world, God, we look, we read the paper and we watch the news and the world needs Jesus. We, we know that. So God, this year, this year, let the name of Jesus be spread in us and through us more than ever. That's our prayer as we give today. In Jesus' name, amen. Let's give and let's sing uh, this morning. Name above all names, you are worthy of all praise. And my heart will sing how great is our God. Let's sing that again. Name above all names, you are worthy of all praise, and my heart will sing how great is that God.
It's been awesome today, man. This is awesome. And listen, if you're here for the first time, we'd love to connect with you out there at the welcome table. But if you made that decision today to give your life to Jesus, hey, don't leave till you let somebody know the decision that you made. Guys, you are dismissed, and we will see you next Sunday. Love you guys.